Welcome to Fright Night. My name is John O'Neill. I'm here with a cast of characters. Uh, before we go any further, I want you to know that producer Mikey will be chiming in in the course of this conversation, as well as my nephew, Dave the Wave. Hello. Mikey, you didn't chime yet. <clears throat> Someone should turn my mic on, man, producer. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid producer. <laughs> Stupid producer. It's a pleasure to be here, John, back in the, in the scary uh, confines of the Fright Night studio. Well, you know what? I want to get an idea of how many of you and how many of our listeners remember seeing films in the theaters where there was um, something a little extra that made the movie-going experience uh, unique, memorable, uh, publicity stunts, gimmicks. Um, It's not something that happens very much nowadays, so I'm going to be a bit nostalgic, but let me share a couple of these examples. I thought these were pretty cool. No secret that one of my favorite movies of all time is the film Jaws. And when the film was initially mm-hmm. released... Mm-hmm. <laughs> when the film was initially Sorry, released... <laughs> in the uh, in the mid-70s, mm-hmm. there was a theater on Cape Cod that mixed seawater in with their air conditioning unit. So when you were in the theater watching the film Jaws, you could smell the ocean. Although, brilliant. <laughs> although what they didn't tell you was that's how the theater smelled every day because it was it was just it's on the Cape so everything smells musty. It's low yeah. tide all yeah. the time. Right, right. Well, Jaws was shot on the Cape, wasn't it? Some of the Jaws shot yeah, on the it Cape. Yeah, it was actually shot on uh, Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Okay, oh, on the Vineyard. Yeah, very close to the Cape. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember? Um, well, you should remember. To me, it was a rite of passage. Do you remember the film Porky's? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So when I saw Porky's at a theater in downtown Boston. There was a corral, small corral set up at the begin uh, as you enter the theater, and it was filled with uh, half a dozen potbelly pigs. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> and then on the way out, you get to you know have some bacon and spirit. Yeah. No, on, on the way out, it didn't smell so good on the way out. So, <laughs> you know, I I remember one John, and um, this this is a great example of uh, how. You, we adored you as as uh, nephews, and and um, we'll probably discuss this many times on the pod. But John was John uh, has several ne- nieces and nephews of my generation, although John's only a couple years older than me. But um, thank you. We, we always looked up to you. There was always like cool stuff you were telling us about. And I, I we were just talking the other day about how I, I, you came back and basically acted out the whole movie The Omen, uh, or, <laughs> and like and, and then Gregory Peck and, and and I was like, but the one thing I remember was you told us about this movie. That was so scary that they and gross that they gave out barf bags. Do you remember oh, that? Oh my goodness! I think that Could was called. Been, uh, I think it was oh. called Mark of the Devil. Mark of the Mark. Devil. Yeah, that's that's what I remember too. Yeah. Did you actually see that movie? Or? Yeah, I actually saw that movie. But when I saw it, uh, what was making people um, uh, vomit evidently was <laughs> what they called subliminal cuts, which is oh, yeah. something that's evidently illegal now. But yeah. back in in the late seventies. They inserted clips, real small, you know, clips that yeah. you would you wouldn't see. Your mind would process them, but you wouldn't actually notice them on the screen. But they would be shots like of pig entrails, dead and, animals. Yeah, yeah it would yeah. be shots of feces. It would just be horrible things. So you're watching this, and subliminally you're thinking, "Oh my goodness, I'm getting starting to feel a little woozy." And it's like the movie right. is so scary that it's causing people to throw up in the aisles. But hey, do you guys remember the film? Actually, one of my favorite films of the early 90s. You remember the film The Doors film? Yeah, loved Val, it. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, sure. yeah. When I saw the premiere of The Doors film, there was a gentleman in the lobby of the theater playing really bad Doors tunes on an organ. <laughs> so it really sort of set the tune because if you, it set the tone because you remember how the movie begins it's Jim Morrison basically welcoming folks into a show it was that great clip from his is poetry. everybody in yeah <laughs> is everybody in and then what does he say the, yeah, the show is right. about to begin the yeah. show is about to begin yeah I remember that Dave nice work thank you so I mean those <laughs> so so those are some publicity stunts um that I remember, and uh, it's I think it's always been a way of attracting attention to a film. I don't think a film can survive on the shtick, but um, I think it's a way of creating a buzz and people wanting to experience something a little bit um, a little bit out of the box. Mm-hmm. The 1950s, there was a movie director by the name of William Castle who really made a name for himself in the B-movie industry by utilizing such gimmicks. Anybody heard of William Castle? 
I think we're hearing about him right now. Yes, I Touché. Yeah. Well put. Yeah. So to give you an idea, for his 1958 film, Macabre, he issued Lloyd's of London insurance policies to those patrons attending the movie and promised to pay $1,000 to the ears of anyone who died of fright <laughs> watching the film. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> also recalls um, that scene in the movie Scrooged where um, a woman watches Bill Murray's tasteless uh, Christmas show promo, oh, and they said she yeah. had a heart attack. It literally scared her to death. <laughs> yeah. Bill Maher looks sad for a minute, and then he goes, this is great! You can't buy publicity like that! <laughs> yeah. for, for his film The Tingler, he had these joy buzzers installed in the theaters, and whenever the creature The Tingler attacked, the buzzers would go off. This is back in the 50s. Yes, yeah, this is back in the ahead 50s. of its time. Yeah, yeah it was. I, the it, sequel was better, The French Tingler. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those yeah, those are on different kind of theaters. Different kind yeah, of buzzer. Different kind of theaters. Oh, yeah. But I bring that up because our spotlight. Wait, hold on. The, the, I'm, I'm sorry, John. I know you're getting to the point of this podcast, but um, <laughs> but um, the buzz a buzzer like a vibrating thing that would scare people or. Correct. They yeah. were installed under the uh, the seats in the theaters, and whenever the creature, which was called the Tingler. Would, would attack somebody <laughs> these buzzers like the hand buzzers that, yeah. that I used on you guys when you were little yes. so those things would yeah, go okay, off okay. so you're yeah. not expecting them and it's underneath your bottom it, it scares yeah. you, you know, Yeah, that's like, a, like I said ahead of its time there's a lot of Disney attractions now that have that kind of thing there's one the one that's Somehow blows air on your feet. It makes it and, and, <laughs> as there are like uh, beetles escaping th- on the movie. So you think there are these bugs like running over your feet. Like, that usually scares people to death. Well, you know what? When you when people are in the dark, you really have so much control over them. Yeah. And, and, and somewhat not really related, but I used to work this this haunted house for this uh, for this organization, and the idea was to keep basically everybody in the dark for as long as you possibly could. And through that, you could use sound effects and you could use air blowing and you could set styrofoam things on the floor that people would brush up against and they would think that there was a pack of animals going by them because they yeah. would be running by them. And so, again, it's it's the whole theater of the mind and it really, um, it really, I think it adds to the experience. And so the spotlight on tonight's Fright Night is one of Mr. Castle's most famous films and a personal favorite of mine it is called The House on Haunted Hill. Sorry, I was going to give you a tremor. <laughs> Late on the tremor. Wait, do it again. Ready? It's, it's called The House on Haunted Hill. Yes! <laughs> All right. Very good. I'm Vincent Price, and you're invited to my party in The House on Haunted Hill, where so far the ghosts have murdered only seven people. <laughs> so won't you come and make it eight? Okay, so the year was 1959. Elvis was, of course, uh, in the army. Uh, always got to throw in an Elvis dress. Some, 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 something needed to fill the void <laughs> with Elvis in the service. And, yep. and, and if you can, if you can em- embrace this, the cost to attend a film was about a buck. Wow. Popcorn, which is crucial for the movie-going experience for mm. myself, was 25 cents. Mm. And the film starred horror movie icon Vincent Price. Who great, most people of the young youth generation have never heard of, and if they have, they know he's the guy laughing at the end of Michael Jackson's Thriller song. You know what? You're <laughs> right. In the course of time, that's what people remember him for. Yeah. More on Vincent Price and his, his illustrious history as we move forward. But to give you an idea, the basic plot line for The House on Haunted Hill is Vincent Price is an eccentric millionaire who throws a party at a haunted house and he promises to pay any party guest $10,000 who is brave enough to spend the night. Now, so what I did, guys, was I did the cost of inflation. So right now, in our day and age, we're talking about eighty-five grand to accept this offer from Vincent Price. House on Haunted Hill was a prelude to, I think, the slasher films because it's basically a group of people getting together in a house— Whereas films like Friday the 13th, it's a, it's a group of people getting together in a cabin, um, and they get murdered one by one. Mm-hmm. Uh, House on Haunted Hill, I think, really was the... Like the precursor to That's the word so. I was looking for, yeah, for, lo- for those type of films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, th- I thought about that. Can I, can, I tell you, can I tell you what it reminded me of? Absolutely. Um, so 
well, there's a movie that that came out recently which came to mind, um, Thirteen Ghosts, which was I don't know if you saw that one, John. It was kind of cheesy, but uh, similar theme. That was one I thought of. But uh, uh, Dave, uh, Dave, yeah. hold that. Thirteen, oh, we're that? Thirteen yeah. Ghosts was actually one of William Castle's films back in the 60s. Okay. I got a feeling this was probably a remake. It was that. a remake yeah. that I saw with like Matthew Lillard and some other terrible people. But um, uh, actually, the, the the one I thought of right away when the... so and, and I'm sorry if I'm stepping on any of your intro here, John, but the, the invited guests, you know, arrive in, in hearses. That's, uh, yeah, Vincent that's Price, right, right, yeah. Which is cool. But all of them arri- arriving reminded me of um, Murder by Death. Which is, of course, a spoof, but it was it's the same it, same um, like I don't know if Murder by Death was a spoof on a particular movie, but if not, it, it might have been influenced by uh, right. So Murder by Death was everything was set up to create the illusion that there was a murder taking place at this mansion, right? Right. And so everything was uh, the guests didn't know that everything was being catered. That they had fog machines out front, <laughs> right, the right, fog, right, right. and they had hired actors to play. I think the staff and that kind of stuff. Yeah, think, okay. yeah, no, you got it. But it was a, it was a comedy. It was it was a, oh, yeah. it was a satire. Uh, Peter Falk. Peter Falk, uh, right? Yeah, and um, Truman Capote and a cameo at the beginning. But it, but right, it was it was all um, a, a phony. Oh, great the, movie! No, yeah, I, I, yeah, I did, and yeah. Um, it just reminded at the end of that movie that Peter Sellers plays uh, the Charlie Chan character and. His son says to him at the end as they're leaving, he goes, Pop, I don't understand. Was there a murder or not? And he goes, yes, kill good weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that goes along the lines of of a movie that was didn't do so well in the theaters, came out in the mid 80s called Clue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which was which was along those lines. And uh, it was and actually, ironically, Clue is my favorite board game, but (laughs) more on Clue later. House on Haunted Hill. Much more successful than the Shoots and, Lad- Shoots and Ladders, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> or Hungry, Hungry Hippos, the movie. Yeah. Clue, much better. Based on a board game. Go ahead, John. House, House on Haunted Hill has everything that you would consider, that you would expect from a cheesy B-movie. Blood dripping from ceiling, chandeliers, chandeliers falling, almost hitting some of the patrons. In the basement, there's a pool of of acid that basically can disintegrate any human or animal, and it takes them right to the bones. And you get to see some of these in the course of the film. The gimmick, though, that was used in House on Hill Hill, we talked about gimmicks, Mm -hmm. was something that they called a mergo. And uh, you don't need to look it up in your dictionary, but a mergo is what happened was in scenes in House on Haunted Hill where a skeleton would appear in the theaters... These theaters would be installed with um, pulleys and wires, and they would have these plastic lighted skeletons swoop over the audience, which was a great effect. But what you did was you had the juvenile delinquent element where a number of these kids would go back to the theater once word got out mm-hmm. and would bring their slingshots and basically use the skeleton. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> for target practice. I mean, also ahead of its time, th- that, that's kind of like a Rocky Horror thing, right? I was never a big Rocky Horror guy, but that... I wasn't either, but, Dave. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but, it, but it, that's what it was known for, audience participation and stuff. Um, yeah, so, th- and that, the skeleton, well, I know you're going to get to it, but it's it's one of the, th- that's probably one of the campiest moments in the in the movie, the bit with the skeleton, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, and I know a lot has changed in terms of special effects since um, 1959, but you really can see, I mean, you can see the wires now when you watch it, and um, you don't want, uh, not to give away the plot, because I encourage people that are listening to this podcast to check out the Fright Night series on YouTube, and you can actually watch this film, and you could see some of my commentary. Nice. Yeah, that's a bonus. All right. Um, the wait, how do they find it if they if they go if to YouTube? If they go to search, YouTube, search Fright Night. Search John Fright Night with Johnny O. Johnny O. Okay. You will see a, a number of films, a number of films that will be spotlighted on future podcasts, and a number of them that you have already heard on present podcasts. Nice tease, John. There you go. Mm-hmm. So. This would be a great time to take a break. (laughs) Alexa, what time is it? It's time for Margie Plaprude Saves the World. When the roof's on fire, the country's in turmoil, and it seems like everything's going Who are you going to call? Your favorite bleeding heart is back. 
Margie Claproot is here to save the world. Margie Claproot here. We are going to save the world. I've never done a podcast. And here I am doing a podcast. And I'm ticked off. I bet you are too. New episodes of Margie Claproot Saves the World every Monday on pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. May I have your attention, please? I think you all remember the bargain we made about staying all night. $10,000 apiece. If any of you don't survive, $50,000 will be divided amongst the rest of you. When the door is locked from the outside by the caretakers, we'll all be forced to stay in this house until morning. If any of you decide not to stay, you must leave with the caretakers now. You won't have a chance to change your minds later because there'll be no way to get out. Welcome back to Fright Night. My name is John O'Neill, and I'm joined here with producer Mikey and my nephew, Dave the Wave. What's up? We're here. John has us tied up and is getting the chloroform (laughs) ready. I thought we were just talking about horror movies, John. I I got my scotch and in my hand. Yeah. That's a mystery of the film. That's right. Scotch and what? That's a deep reference. Well, yeah, it is a deep reference. And we are talking about the classic B-movie House on Haunted Hill, released in 1959, starring Vincent Price. And and, and boys and, and listeners, what's interesting about this film is it's one of those features that has fallen into what they call public domain, which in layman's terms means that virtually anyone can begin duplicating the film and selling DVD copies of it. Many, many moons ago, I worked in an industry that really no longer exists. It was media distribution. This is when people used to buy cassettes, they used to buy CDs, they used to buy VHS, they used to buy vinyl. Uh, the vinyl is starting to come back, which is which is which is sort of warms my heart. But there was a period of time when people used to buy the physical units of this, and I used to be one of the people that was buying mass quantities of DVDs, distributing them, or distributing them to the mm-hmm. masses up and down the eastern seaboard. Is that why you still have boxes of them in your basement? Because <laughs> along with the cassettes, VHS. Beta. Well, I could say I bought hundreds, not thousands, but I definitely bought hundreds and hundreds copies of House on Haunted Hill because it was so inexpensive to purchase, and yet it did have a name that people were familiar with. Mm. And what's also interesting is that public domain films are sort of hit or miss. There are some qualities, and, and you can find almost all of these on YouTube. But if you're looking for House on Haunted Hill on YouTube, definitely go with the Fright Night version hosted by John Eel. But the (laughs) point I'm trying to make is not all public domain copies of these features are the same. Some of them are horrible, and some of them have a lot of uh, video dropout. So you really have to look, and you really have to find the one that has the best quality. And a lot of times, the ones with the best quality are something where you probably can purchase them on, on... Online and it's relatively small money, like a dollar ninety nine, two ninety nine. So, so, but that's why th- so you can just go on YouTube because I, I watched this movie uh, on uh, Amazon Prime, which you can do if you if you if you care to. Was the quality really good? Yeah, yeah, I okay. thought it was good. Okay. And Mikey, okay. you said yeah, you, you watched it in color. Oh yeah, that's right. See, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, obviously colorized, right? It was the original was obviously in black and white, yes. right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I actually worked with the the company that colorizes version um i think they're out of philadelphia they colorize a number of these public domain films and so they have to find the best print because some of these are like first second third generation dubs mm-hmm. and they're just horrible but if you can find a great copy and they did find a great copy of the house on haunted hill the one mikey watched and but the thing about the colorized version of this mm-hmm. mike the what sort of this is the uh the special effects, which again were subpar back in '59, they're really exposed. They don't—they're not as oh, yeah. dramatic when you see them <laughs> right. in color. It just—it looks even more cheesier. And I'm even for worse, the cheese, yeah. yeah but right. it looks even more cheesier. Yeah, I got a really bad copy that I saw once, and instead of Vincent Price, it had Soupy Sales in the in that role, <laughs> which I thought just kind of ruined the scariness of it all. Well put. Well put. <laughs> so let's talk about the cast, uh, boys and girls. Frederick Lauren is played by one of my favorite, favorite actors of all time, Vincent Price. 
first time I saw Vincent Price on the big screen was in a film that was released in 3D, and I saw it at the Norwood Theater in re-release like in the 70s. It was called The House of Wax. Have you guys ever seen The House of Wax? Famously one of the first 3D movies, I think, right? You know what? Yeah, the um, Creature, uh, Revenge of the Creature was one of the first horror 3Ds that I think they actually put together. But it it had a very small shelf life, the whole 3D movie back in the day. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of films that they release in 3D, but back in the late 50s, it was a small shelf life, maybe four or five years. Wasn't and there a scene in that movie where someone had one of those paddles with the ball attached <laughs> yeah, to the string, yeah. and it's like, gee, I wonder why they put that in. No, that's so true. Yeah. That's so true. There was yeah. actually a um, uh, a number of scenes that, as you watch House on House on House on Haunted Wax, as you watch <laughs> as you watch the House, that's, of the, wa- that's the big crossover hit. <laughs> <laughs> as you watch House of Wax, there were certain scenes where. When you watch them on television, they don't really. It's like, why are they showing right. the guy hitting the paddle, and why are they showing someone throwing the the the, the, the ball of wax at the camera? Because it was in three D. What? what uh, just quick aside here. What's I would like from uh, all three of us the best three D you've ever seen, uh, like movie best three D movie experience because. I, I always I, when when you first hear about 3D, it's like wow, cool, and it looks like it's coming right at you. It almost always is disappointing, I think. But there's a couple that I remember that were pretty cool. Boy, that's a good what's, question. Uh, what's yours, Mikey? It's not. What do you? What do you? Gonna, is it the one you're going to say? Gonna say? No. I, well, is it a horror G- movie, Mike? Was no, it, no. Oh, okay. Then you, say you go G- ahead. It's going to be different than the go one ahead. I liked. Uh, it was uh, Gravity. Oh, gra- oh, one of my favorite I, movies of the last five years. I don't think I saw Gravity in 3D. Oh, well, that must have been pretty cool in 3D. It was an amazing experience in the theater. Uh, it wasn't like uh, you know Avatar or the old Friday 13th yeah, 3. That's where I was the, going. You know, oh. That's where I was singing going. Thrown yeah, that's where I was that going. was funny, cheesy. That was movie. awesome. Wait, Gravity was the Sandra Bullock one, right? Sandra Bullock. Did, did her nipples look um, even more perky <laughs> in 3D? She had an astronaut suit I know. for most of it. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was tight-fitting. And what was yours going to be, John? My favorite was a movie, and I actually started in the theaters with Mikey back in the 80s. It was Friday the 13th, part 3 in 3D. And... The scene that, yeah, that Mike referenced was somebody was actually shot in the eye with a, um, help me out, when you shoot spear? fish. A spear, yeah. A spe- okay. So, yeah, spear gun. Well, so like something a- you would use in the water to shoot a shot. Oh, yeah, spear gun, yeah. Right. So Jason points this at... Uh, one of the characters in the film that you were sort of hoping would go early in the film. He's sort of the geeky, <laughs> yeah. nerdy guy. And he gets, uh, or uh, is it he or she? Actually, no, I'm sorry. She gets shot right in the eye and just goes into the pond. So I thought that was really cool because they do it point of view from her just before the point of entry. So The best cool. 3D I ever saw was um, in Epcot Center, uh, the Michael Jackson movie, Captain EO, which is a uh, pretty cheesy film but the effects were good and the the precursor that was in that in that theater in epcot they had this horrible movie produced by kodak which was called uh priceless memories or something or i don't know but it it was just like basically about a kid flying a kite but the (laughs) but you you saw it from the point of view of like you were in the sky and the kites coming towards you and it was the first time I ever went, holy crap, like it, it looked like the kite was right in front of the person sitting in front yeah, of me. Yeah. And everybody reaches out. Everybody does a stupid reach out to try to touch the kite. But you know what? I wasn't even thinking about uh, amusement parks, but I did go to Universal Studios and I remember mm-hmm. the Back to the Future ride, which is no longer there. But mm-hmm. the Back to the Future ride, you get into one of those DeLoreans. You know why it's not there? Somebody went up to 88 miles an hour by mistake and the ride went back in time. And now it's not here anymore. <laughs> But the best, 1.21 gigawatts. Sorry, but the best, did you guys ever experience that? I don't think I did that one. Oh, my goodness. The favorite part is when you actually go into the mouth of a dinosaur. Okay. <laughs> no idea what that's to do with the Back to the Future, but you're in the yeah. DeLorean. You actually go into the mouth of the dinosaur. I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. Well, because the DeLorean travels back in time so to c- the future, so it went back in time. To yeah, you're yeah, right. But okay. not, not in the movie. They don't do whack that. whack myself no, on the head the with that. No, you're right. No, that's true. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I feel stupid now. <laughs> He was also in it's. it's <laughs> Sorry, John. Well, I think when a lot of us think of Vincent Price, Dave, you referenced the the, the uh, Michael Jackson song Thriller. Yeah. But he was a classically trained actor, and um, he had a great uh, part in the film The Ten Commandments. Oh, I didn't know that. Which came out shortly before 
his uh, his work in House on Haunted Hill. He played a character by the name of Baca, a real bad guy. Uh, he was great. And then, but I think a lot of us remember him for uh, The Fly. Mm-hmm. The Fly, okay, which was remade superbly by Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum was, yeah. But he did the original. And there was a period of time in the mid-60s when Price was doing versions of all the old Edgar Allan Poe books. Yeah. They were produced by one of the, um, what they called the, uh, one of the real cheapy directors, a guy by the name of Roger Corman. And he produced these classic Edgar Allan Poe stories, uh, Fall of the House of Usher, The Pit and the Pendulum, The Raven. And Price was his go-to guy. And if you see some of these films, Price looks magnificent and they're real dramatic roles, you know, real dramatic roles. Um, um, He, he, he ended up, he, he had a very good sense of humor, and you folks may and you guys may remember him in the seventies. He did a lot of television programs. He did a lot of um, sitcoms. He was on one of my favorite series, the original Batman, where he played. Oh, Egghead! There you go. Oh, <laughs> good pull. Touche. Wow. He played Egghead. He was on. Uh, had different reoccurring roles on Get Smart. Had a great role in one of my favorite detective series, Columbo. And does anyone remember a role he played on a sitcom that aired on Friday nights just before the Partridge family? Well, <laughs> presumably it's Brady. It's Brady Bunch, but only you are only, correct. Only you, John, would remember Brady Bunch in in primetime. Yes, yeah, so uh, Friday that, night. That's amazing, yeah, but that's true. I need to get. Yeah, so um, dating myself. Uh, l- l- let's uh, let's try this. I actually just found this, John. This this is Price in uh, the Brady Bunch. That's why you're going to tell me where you found that idol, because wherever it was, there's bound to be more. We already told you back in Honolulu. I want the truth. You're somebody's children, aren't you? Yep. And we'd like to keep it that way. <laughs> That's exactly why you're going to tell me where you found that idol. Now you think about it. While I go reheat my beans. <laughs> no, so the the three kids. Oh, that took me back, Dave. I yeah. like that. So, so sorry, we don't have to hear it again. Um, but he now in the in the scene, the three Brady boys have their hands tied behind their back, and they're tied to these these tiki idol kind of thingies, um, which so is kind of dark he, when you think about he, it. So he kidnapped them. Did he abduct them? Is that what happened? Yeah, they he, were on vacation, right? right? The but Brady's. they wandered in there for some they reason. They wandered into this cave that he lived in for some odd reason. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But he yeah. Had, somehow he had beans. He, he did be- give the kids the beans. <laughs> No, the name the name of that clip on YouTube is "Reheat My Beans." So he just he, apparently that, that's that was his most memorable line. I gotta tell yeah. you, the guy loved his work. He loved to work, um, whether it was television or motion pictures. He worked with everybody and anybody. I, I don't know if you guys. This is uh, one of my one of my favorite recording artists of all time. Actually, shared a um, a, a motion picture with Vincent Price. The great, the legendary, the king of rock and roll. Elvis Presley made a movie in 68 mm. called The Trouble with Girls and How to Get Into It. Mm-hmm. And Vincent Price was one of the characters in that, that film. Yeah, interesting. Can I just tell you what I noticed in watching House on Haunted Hill? I just watched it for the first time just recently. And uh, the first thing I noticed was he was he was a stud. Like he was a hand. Like we knew when, because I have memories of Vincent Price when I was young and what he looked like at the time, Brady Bunch being being one of them. And he's he was just this old, creepy guy. That yeah. was his thing. Yeah, that's right. Um, super handsome in, in this movie. He also has got some kind of a regal accent, which, and I looked, I, I, I was like, maybe he was like born in England and then came over and uh, not so much, born in St. Louis. But he has a way of talking very distinguished <laughs> yeah, and welcome to my house. Like, and it's, it's weird. Like so, some of these actors. Darkness, folks. Do- across the yeah yeah do you guys remember what his last major motion picture was uh weekend at bernie's three no sorry <laughs> no it was Cameo. actually it was actually um a film with johnny depp oh anybody cry baby no uh I, mm. I, I think Johnny Depp, from what I oh, read, Edward was a, Scissorhands. Edward Correct. Scissorhands. He was in that. He played. Oh. He was the dad. He, he played the inventor. I guess yeah. that's what they oh, said. Okay. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah. See, he had a thing like I, I can't. Is there a is there a modern version of Vincent Price? A guy that is it, it's it's as an actor, it must be. I don't know if it's bad because he's kind of typecast, but. He just don't like if you think of scary movie, you think of Vincent Price. It was synonymous. Right. Like, yeah. is there anybody like that now? I can't think of anybody. I don't think there's anybody like him. There's nobody like Boris Karloff, Bela Lugosi, all right. those guys. I think they really left their mark. And I, I can't think of who would be someone that well, their, their boy, name your, is synonymous with horror movies. I, I, your I'm, boy Bruce Campbell is probably the closest. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> At least, I mean, he's known for no, horror movies. Oh, that's right? true. Yeah. Yeah, who does exclusive? Well, again. Price. If you look at his, if if you look at his resume, he's done a lot more than just horror. But that's what he's become known for. Um, I guess you could say you wouldn't, but uh, like Anthony Hopkins just uh, can play someone evil, but he also plays good guys too. So that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. The film we're talking about, House on Haunted Hill, um, directed by William Castle. Um, I read somewhere where uh, William Castle, when he put together this film, he he from the get-go, wanted Price to be a part of it. And he um, he was trying to find just the right moment to do it because it was a sort of a B, sort of a, a movie. Not that I want to say it was he felt it was below Vincent Price. It was just something that Price hadn't done. He had one of these sort of cheesy B movies. Mm-hmm. So he found out that Price had recently been overlooked for a role in a film. And in the course of that afternoon, Castle um, invited them to get together for a cup of coffee, and and Vincent was a little down in the dumps, as they say, and he offered him this role. Price accepted, and they developed such a great relationship that it became a two-picture deal, and they participated in another great movie we talked about earlier, The Tingler with the buzzer under the seat. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta get that buzzer. Women were seeing three shows a day. (laughs) We're not sure. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about some of the other people that are in House on Haunted Hill. The woman that played Vincent Price's wife in the film, her name was Annabelle Lauren. The actress's name was Carol Omart. Very attractive. Very attractive. Very attractive. Didn't do much after the film. She actually was Miss Utah in 1946. Came in fourth in the Miss America pageant that same year. She got robbed, I think. <laughs> Definitely. She did lots of um, television work in detective series. Um, she was in one of my favorite detective series called Mannix. You know what the problem was when she did the talent competition in Miss USA? It sounded something like this. <laughs> and that was it. The whole That's all she did. <laughs> she is a great screamer. <laughs> right. And if you've seen House on Haunted Hill, she's, she, she definitely has the chops for that. She appeared in um, Perry Mason, but pretty much her acting career was over by 1974. Another screamer in the film, the <laughs> woman by the name, the character's name is um, Nora Manning, who actually is an employee of Frederick Lauren in the film. And the only reason he brings her in is because he feels that she, out of most of the people, really need the money. Uh, the actress's name was Carolyn Craig. She got her start, uh, interesting enough, in a series of photographs which showed housewives back in the day cleaning, and they attributed the cleaniness to great ways of exercising for women back in the day. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yeah, very, not, like the real housewives of haunted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Not, not, not very PC, as you would say. Wait, um, this is the woman in the movie who is, she's a, a journalist or something? Is that, no, this is the oh, woman I'm that mixed up. is, Nora is, um, um, she, this is she's, she's a, referred to as a typist. A typist. Right, right. Oh. She works for Frederick Lauren, Vincent yeah. Price's character, and she's one of the oh, only right. employees yep. that he invites to come because she supports her family. And he She's feels the she, bigger screamer in the movie. She, gets, she correct. screams more, yeah, okay. More right, she right. is about to have a nervous breakdown from the get-go in the film. She had a very, very small part in the film Giant. Um, but fortunately or unfortunately, House on Haunted Hill was her last movie appearance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have actually... Um, <laughs> here, here's, here's a 10-second clip from the movie where you get to hear her, her scream. Oh, look out. Quality screen. Oh, actually, yeah. she's a great screamer. <laughs> uh, uh, Lance Schroeder is one of the characters in the film. He was portrayed by the actor by the name of Richard Long. Richard Long, probably most famously remembered as the professor in the television show from the early 70s called Nanny and the Professor. He was also in a <laughs> cowboy series called Big Valley. 
He played Jared Barkley. That must have sucked because he'd be at parties and they'd be like, oh, have I seen you in anything? He goes, yeah, I played the professor. And you, the person would be like, you know what? I've seen every episode of Gilligan's Island. You're not the professor. <laughs> no, not that professor. The other professor. Yeah. And that means a lot coming from someone that we refer to as the Professor Dave. That I, would be, I that would have be been known as the Professor in the past. Yes. Unfortunately, our good friend Richard Long had a bad heart condition and died of a heart attack at the age of 47. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Dr. David Trent was played by an actor by the name of Alan Marshall. Uh, interesting guy. He had a chronic nervous condition and basically quit films because of his anxiety and devoted much of his career to stage work. Doing Wait, this stage is the work. guy in the movie who owns the house, that guy, Pritchard? Is that who we're talking about No, now? no, this is actually uh, Dr. David Trent. Oh, okay. Uh, he is yeah. the, um, I guess you would call him the nemesis. He is the one yep. that is trying to uh, take care of people because he's a doctor and he believes people are experiencing hysteria. Um, as the film unfolds, you get to real. He has... Um, ulterior motives for yeah. Frederick Lawrence's wife. Could have been an, one of the inspirations for Leslie Nielsen's uh, doctor character on the movie Airplane, in the Airplane movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah he has <laughs> that. He looks very charming, very swarmy. He actually was the original casting choice for Brett Butler in Gone with the Wind. Oh. Yeah, didn't sort of pan out. but And a little tidbit, he was actually very, very good friends with um, the actor by the name of Jimmy Stewart. Oh, frankly, John, I don't give a damn. <laughs> One of my favorite characters in the film uh, is the character by the name of Watson Pritchard. He's played by a great, great um, character actor by the name of Elijah Cook Jr. Um, Very versatile. His nickname was Cookie. He was what Hollywood called back in the day their lightest heavy because he was a very slight build guy. But he was in everything from one of my brother's favorite films, Maltese Falcon. He played this character, Wilmer. And Humphrey Bogart in the film calls him, uh, ch- uh, references him as the cheaper the crook, the gaudier the patter. He was a guy that lived his last days in a shack out in the desert, out in Bishop, California. Had no agent. Continued to work regularly because people would seek Maybe him out. Maybe if he had an agent, he could have afforded yeah. something better than the shack. <laughs> he, but, he came off in the movie as the most uh, skittish. I yeah, mean, that was that yeah, was his character. Yeah. He was supposed to be, right? Uh, but but he, he was so... He was... Even even for a horror movie, he was too skittish. To, like, he was just... Everything... He was nervous about everything. But you know what? Next to Vincent Price, he worked more than anybody else on this film. He, his career actually lasted almost, um, almost 60 years. His last role was in a Magnum P.I., where he played a mob boss by the name of Ice Pick. Anyone <laughs> see that episode? <laughs> yeah. um, we, as we wind our way down through the, uh, through the cast, there was uh, the woman that played the, uh, I think they referred to her as, as a, um, a gossip columnist. Right. Her name was uh, Ruth Bridgers. Her, her, her real name was Julie Mitchum. She happened to be Relation? the no way. Robert Mitchum. the older sister of Robert oh, come Mitchum. On. Yeah, How about that. She was born in Bridgeport, Connecticut. She only mm. appeared in eight films, and House on Haunted Hill was her last film. She mysteriously disappeared at the end of the film. She had a uh, <laughs> what they call an uncredited role in the film The Ten Commandments with or the Ten Commandments, and uh, so she was with Vincent Price then, but. They didn't know. I don't know if that had any reason why she was hired to be part she was of this the, She was the Scotch and uh, Mikey, we can now reveal that she, <laughs> curiously, twice in the movie, she orders a Scotch and. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, with Scotch <laughs> and, and then omits the whatever the and was. Yeah. Right. But we can relate to her. <laughs> we can relate yes. to her. You guys can relate to her, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And last, but by no means least, one of the more creepier characters in this film was um, the character's name is Mrs. Slides. I refer to her (laughs) as the ugly hag in the film (laughs) that makes an appearance that probably scares everybody, uh, scares the bejeebas out of everybody. And um, she actually is one of the caretakers in the mansion, and that's why... That was the clip I played, actually. That yeah. was She was oh, screaming. Was yeah, her? when yeah. she first... Okay. When the yeah. creepy hag first... Yeah, you gotta see. And she looks yeah. like she's on roller skates in the film. I don't quite know. She might have been on roller skates, but... It's, it's that, that is the classic, like, easy way to scare a kid, in it, or really most... <laughs> yeah. It's it is just a, a horrible-looking old woman. Yeah. I mean, that, that this might have been the first, invented the horrible-looking old woman with the, like, p- you know, pale gray skin and, yeah. and, and, you know, and there's something evil about her eyes and everything, and 
thing. And then she, it's so funny though, because in the movie, she, she floats like seemingly um, in a sort of disembodied way. She just kind of floats. <laughs> yeah. And then you find out later, it's like, no, no, she's one of the staff. It's like, oh, give me a break. How did she mean? There's something going on here. You know? I couldn't. I'm on IMDb, Dave, looking for her. Yeah. The, the actress's name is Leona Anderson. Could not find anything short of House on Haunted Hill. So this might have been a one and done role. Was for she her. the Where's the Beef lady? No, uh, I don't else. know. No, she no, was I'm relatively old in '59, but yes, sure. so anyway, that rounds out our cast. Um, oh, you didn't mention her, her, the her coworker, the, the weird butler guy or right, whatever the he was. Butler yeah. dude, I don't know. Uncredited. Uncredited. <laughs> oh, he, but he, but he does have one does line. He, have a line? he has a line. He says something like, um, "Come with us." Yeah, come with us, yes. or, or they'll kill us all, or something yeah. like that. And I, in my notes, I wrote okay. down here. He resembled an old, older uh, Ed Rooney from uh, Ferris Bueller's <laughs> from Day Ferris Off. Bueller. He, he sort of resembled Ed Rooney a little bit. Yeah. Um, the film. Yeah. Uh, the film itself has some great scenes. What I found interesting, we were talking about Vincent Price earlier, was some of the scenes with Vincent Price and his wife are really, uh, really compelling. I mean, there, there's a, there's a, he has a great wit. And it is used quite a bit in his conversations because you get to know from the very beginning of the movie that there's a lot of hate between him and his wife. And you get to realize that he is not the he's she's not the first of his wives. Right. She's the third. I think. I believe she's the third of his wives. And for whatever reason, it seems they've all married Frederick Lauren for his his wad of cash for the most part. She, he, they have a great scene early in the movie where Vincent Price, you can tell they don't have a happy marriage, right? Because she, he keeps saying, oh, it was your idea to throw this party. And she says, well, why didn't you invite any of my friends? And that, there's right, a moment right. where he does the classic cinema, grab her by the shoulders and says, Annabelle, you will cross me if you ever get the chance or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and he's grabbing right. her by the shoulders. Yeah. And it's like, it's, 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 um, every horror movie has that moment where you're trying <laughs> yeah. to, it's, it's sort of reminiscent of the scene in, I'll bring up, uh, uh, airplane again, where the woman's out of control and people grab her by the shoulders. <laughs> calm down. You got to calm down. Then they start smacking her around. It's the same kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, another classic scene that we, t- we just talked about and you played the clip for him yeah. is the, um, is the caretaker, the woman, Mrs. Slides, who really only makes a couple of appearances in the film, and yet they're the most memorable. When you yep. when you initially see them introduced as the caretakers, she and the uh, the the butler, yeah, you look at them is, both, yeah. and they just are the creepiest people on the face of the earth. And then when you see her again in the basement with the uh, the, <laughs> the screamer, well, I just lost her name. When you see her yep. with the, with her, you you're you're just you're. You're comp- you almost want to scream while you say, "Oh my goodness, what is this person doing here?" So, that is actually, uh, and actually, when you're when you're looking at this movie, trying to find this movie online, and again, I always suggest go to Fright Night with Johnny O, and you'll see the great version. But when you're looking for the movie online, the clips that they highlight are the brief brief appearances of this woman, Miss Slides. Yeah, just just just. just just um, weird character right name. Nightmares. Slides. Yeah. Why is she sliding? Slide. The the the, the uh, character you already mentioned him. The guy Lance. Yeah. It, it, I mean, talk about a, a classic Hollywood name. The character's <laughs> name is Lance Schroeder. It's like it sounds. It sounds like like uh, you know what Homer Simpson would like to change his name to. <laughs> I wish my name was Lance Schroeder. You know. Um, and, and probably one of the classic scenes in House on Haunted Hill is the scene that takes place in the basement. There's an acid vat. I have no idea why why anybody would have an acid vat in their basement, but there's an acid vat, and evidently this acid vat is capable of literally dissolving the flesh and the organs from any animal or human being, and that ensues in the course of the film. It is funny, because it's a creepy-looking basement, but it it is completely out of place it's like it's, a, it's almost like you bring some hey we got i got a pool table and a popcorn machine and an acid vat of course i mean everybody's got one of those but but when he demonstrates did you notice something weird about when he demonstrates how powerful the the acid is do you know what i'm gonna say no oh it's just um so he um he they're like is that really acid is it because he's telling the story about how um 
it, that people died in the acid vat, and they're like, "Is it still that's still acid?" And he and he looks around, and he just he finds <laughs> there's nothing on the ground except there's a table. He looks under the table, and there's a dead rat. <laughs> right? You remember yeah, this? Is I do it, remember it, the in, dead a, rat. in a, in a mousetrap. Yeah. And, it's like, where did I put that dead rat? It just happens to be here. <laughs> so he drops it in and it disintegrates, you know, everything but the skeleton of the dead rat. I just thought it was funny. It's like, I would have been like, gross. What, why is there a dead rat there? Like, you know, it comes in handy, though. It Came does in come handy, in handy. Yeah. There is music in the film and it's, it's all, for the most part, scores, instrumental. But what I found interesting was there were actually lyrics initially written for the house on Haunted Hill, and they opted not to use the lyrics and then to go with strictly with the with the instrumental. Mm-hmm. W- would you like me to provide the lyrics? I'd to- love to, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll do my best. The lyrics went as follows. There's a house on Haunted Hill. Wait, hold on, brilliant. John. Hold on, John. That's brilliant. That's- <laughs> All right. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Give it to us. There's a house on Haunted Hill where everything's lonely and still. Lonely and still, and the ghost of a sigh. When we whispered goodbye, it lingers on. And each night gives a heartbroken cry. Yes, there's a house on Haunted Hill where love walked there in a strange, silent chill. A strange, silent chill. There are memories that yearn for our hearts to return and a promise we failed to fulfill. But we'll never go back. No, we'll never go back to the house on Haunted Hill. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I, it's it's a shame that that has been lost to history. They should have recorded really that. I think it's it amazing that like Alice so Cooper didn't record that at some point. You know, just added, pick it off the. Pot. It would have added so much to the movie. <laughs> right. I got a great idea. Can why don't we take a, a, a very brief break? Let's do it. And maybe come back with some House on Haunted Hill trivia. Can't wait. Oh no. Uh, license and registration, please, sir. What's the problem, officer? Uh, well, son, lots of problems. You were, you were doing 115 miles an hour in a 35 zone. You have a blown tail light and a blown headlight. Uh, about a mile back there on the road, you ran over a whole family of deer uh, and some very cute bunnies. You appear to have several kinds of illegal explosive drugs and firearms in the back seat. not to mention there's a 300-pound bearded man who's bound and gagged back there for some reason. What do you have to say for yourself, son? Uh, if you log on to pod617.com, you can listen to some great podcasts and produce one of your own. Pod617.com, huh? Okay. Have a nice day, sir. At Pod617.com, you'll find on-demand podcasts on politics, sports, music, and amazing storytelling. And Pod617.com will produce a broadcast-quality show for you to promote your business or professional service. Listen to the voices of your city and join the community. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Oh, you know what? I uh, changed my mind. You're under arrest. Aw. It's almost time to lock up the house. Then your party will really begin. I wonder how it'll end. Welcome back to Fright Night. My name is John O'Neill. I'm joined here by producer Mikey and my nephew Dave the Wave. Ah! How was that? <laughs> that was that was right. That was a house on Haunted Hill screen, Dave. Touche, touche. Can you share with me some things that maybe yep. some of our podcast listeners may not know about the film? And can you try to stump the masters? Yeah, stump. You don't like stump the freak? Can we stump call the this freak. Stump yeah, the I stump freak? the freak. Yeah, I like that freak. better. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I do have a few questions, John. Uh, first <laughs> off, the uh, the characters in the film, the guests to the murder party or whatever they call it, are presented um, with guns. They each receive a gun to uh, ostensibly to defend themselves. Uh, the guns are presented in in what? Well, they were given the guns. Oh in what? yeah, classic classic scene that takes place in the, the, the guns come in what kind of container? I guess uh, is the question. I think little coffins. Is that yes, right? Yes, very good, very good. Um, so don't uh, I get a bell or something? Uh, <laughs> a little later. Oh, there's the bell. Gotcha. Okay. Wait, I didn't hear the bell. Did you hear the bell? Oh, there we go. John, okay, that's good. the bell in your head. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what, uh, for a bonus point, what kind of guns were they? They were forty-five caliber pistols? Yes. Wow. Well done. Very good. Thank you. Thank um, you. 
Okay, comedian um, Michael Nelson actually did a, a voiceover version of House on Haunted Hill <laughs> for what popular, uh, I believe it was Comedy Channel television show. Was that Mystery Theater 3000? Mm, close enough. Mystery okay. Science Theater. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah very okay. good. Um, the exterior shot of the House on Haunted Hill was a you know austere looking um mansion designed by uh, what famous architect oh my goodness was that designed by uh was it franklin lloyd wright uh once again no. close enough Fra- yeah frank lloyd wright frank lloyd wright okay right. all right yeah. okay franklin <laughs> his friends call him frank yeah frank. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Too bad our cousin Jonas isn't here. We shout out. That's the one time we'll ever mention an architect on this podcast ever. Um, so uh, what uh, in the forgettable 1999 remake of this film, who had the lead role? Oh, good question. The gentleman that had the lead role, was it the actor from the film Shine? Yes. I have no idea. <laughs> Mikey, oh. can you help me? Actor, from the, the star film? of the uh, film, Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush is correct. Yes, oh. he and, played uh, Frederick Lauren. That's right. Yep. Yes. Well, really? um, John, you did quite well, and I'm out of questions. So congratulations. <laughs> we have some nice parting Woo! gifts for you. You know what? I'm glad you brought up that the mm-hmm. remake. Although I'm not a huge fan of it. I think it came out in 1999. But do you know who the actor was who played? Watson Pritchard in that film. Anybody? I think um, I'm cheating because I think I heard you say it earlier, but was it uh, Chris Kattan of Saturday Night Live fame? Chris Kattan. Jungle Boy, yeah. That's weird casting there, yeah. And then they had a sequel to it. I think it was called Return to House on Haunted Hill. So evidently the first one... um, Always great when you take a shitty movie and remake it (laughs) and make a shittier movie. (laughs) Well done, Hollywood. (laughs) Well done, Hollywood. Well, thank you, Dave. I always enjoy the trivia questions, and I always enjoy being challenged by the films. We'll that, try to get you next time. I'll but, stump you next time. By the yep. films that I grew up with. Yep. But you know what's interesting? As you, as you, as I encourage all of our listeners to, to take a peek at the film if they haven't seen it in a while. I think it does stand the test of time. Um, and for those of you who grew up watching these, uh, I was like a monster kid, grew up watching Creature Double Feature, Actually, Elvira. This was actually, Elvira commented at one point on The Tonight Show that House on Haunted Hill was her favorite horror movie. So another, yeah, so actually another great reason to check out Mm. House on Haunted Hill. That's his endorsement as big as her boobs. That's true. Touche. Yeah. We had sort of alluded to this earlier, but so we we know how the movie wraps up, but let's discuss um, how the film, um, at the end of the film... Spoil, What's the takeaway? Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah. alert, right. But at yeah. the end of the film, what was the takeaway? Or as Mikey put it during the break, what was the fucking point of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> now, it's, 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 it's a great, it is a great movie. It's campy. It's funny. But, um, no, Mikey, you, you t- talk. Tell, tell us why did you post the question? What? So, so oh. the, I mean, the upshot of it, and I'm sorry, I will let you talk, I promise. But, but um, Spoiler alert. Spo- right. here's the, we're going to spoil everything now, so uh, go watch the movie and come back. But um, what it turns out is that um, there's a conspiracy going on between the doctor and... Um, Frederick Lawrence's wife. Right. And, right. Those, those two. Right. Yep. And, and um, so, but and Vincent Price ends up turning the tables on them, and they both end up in the acid, long story short, right? But sure, then the, sure. But then there's other stuff that goes on that's kind of weird. Right. So my takeaway was if it was all just a, a ruse, you know, for Vincent Price to get murdered, then everything else was just make-believe, right? It wasn't real. And that guy who was paranoid, Watson the Pritchard. entire movie was just batshit crazy. Yeah, basically. Right? And who, who knocked Lance in the head? Do we ever find that out? In the very beginning, Lance gets knocked out and oh, goes into a yeah. closet kind of thing. Uh, see, I thought... Right. At the time, I thought that he was being hit on the head by one of, by the butler. Um, right, by Susie Slides? By, <laughs> yeah, by, yeah, by Susan Slides' counterpart, the butler. Right, the butler guy, No yeah. idea what his first name is. But, right. So I thought that was the case, and I think that was to sort of draw suspicion off of Lance so you wouldn't think that okay. he was involved. But you know what? But then again, think about it. The very beginning, 
as they're in the hearses making their way to the party, Watson Pritchard announces that he he uh, it's 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 described by Frederick Lauren that he is coming back to this mansion where his brother was actually murdered. He's one of the seven people right. that were killed. So it establishes that there was some history and. But yeah, but th- those murders didn't have anything to do with these two murders because these two murders were for a very specific purpose. Right. Uh, unless Vincent Price keeps holding these parties and killing random people for different reasons, but I don't think that's it. No, no, I think Frederick Lauren yeah. is indulging Annabelle's request to have such a party, although not inviting any of her friends because he feels deep down in his heart that she is trying to murder him. And I remember in one of the early scenes, right. he alludes that she tried to. Arsenic puts arsenic, arsenic in right? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's she, when he says, "And if you given the chance, you'd do it again, Annabelle." <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's but, right. But then, but then, how do you explain? How did the doctor get invited to the was to the party? That must have been a happy coincidence that he he Vincent Price invites the guy who's actually secretly banging his wife. Yeah, right? that's right. I don't understand <laughs> how the guest list was drawn. I understand <laughs> Pritchard being there because Pritchard seems to be obsessed with horrible goings-on, and he lost right, his brother right, right. at this place for whatever reason, probably had nothing to do with Frederick Lauren or his wife or his wives. But then you wonder, you know, and I get how his employer, how, how, how his employee, that woman, she's invited. They invite a local columnist because maybe they're, maybe they're looking for to sense, maybe they're thinking of selling the, the mansion and her, her story in the local tabloid is going to bring that up. But then you're right, Dr. Trent, he would only be invited... Maybe he was the only guest that Annabelle actually said, right. let's invite this guy. And Frederick is saying, this must be the guy and, that she's having well, or maybe, with. Or maybe, yeah. But Vincent Price would, had sniffed it out. Like, he obviously he knew because he thwarts them at the end. But, <laughs> yeah. right? He has that, that you, don't, you don't get it a lot, that classic monologue that he gives when the two people are, like, in the acid. Yeah. He's yeah. like... You thought you had one over on me. Yeah, right. I, had, I knew all along. And that's it goes right. Into like that's a right. Monologue. Talking, yeah. talking to no one in particular. Yeah, yeah. Talking to the, to the bat of acid. Yeah. I was invited yeah. to your murder party. That's, yeah. that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. I noticed a couple other tropes that that are awesome in horror, in horror movies, and one of them is if a, if a, there is a door that's ajar, the door will slam shut by itself, at <laughs> yeah. which point a character will run over and try to open it, but it's always locked. Yeah. It, you go, bang! And, it's and then the other one is the, the poor character who is who is the most like upset in the movie will find make some horrible discovery, will go then run to tell everybody about what they saw, they'll all come back and it won't be there anymore. <laughs> so that so that yeah. that was yeah. with the, the happened it happened in the too. disembodied head. Like yeah. there's a, a head and they go back and like look at my suitcase, look and you open it up and there's this lingerie in the suitcase. It's like <laughs> it was there. <laughs> it was there. It was there. Yeah. And my final weird observation was what was with the rope scene when the the, the what's her name? The woman they're trying to drive crazy is that, oh, is that um, the brunette? Whatever yeah, her the, name is. The brunette. She works for Frederick Lauren. And, yeah, correct. Right. Her name is Nora Manning. Nora. So yeah. Nora's character. There's one scene where <laughs> yes. the, the, she's being haunted by apparent ghosts, but there's this rope that emerges. And, and That was great, though. But that was for 59. That was huge with yeah. a rope. Yeah, I don't know how they see it again. You're right. Because what Mikey said earlier is if this is all a ruse, like, yeah, how, is that, rope, how is that rope crawling around? Unless I think well, she was. I think she was imagining some of that. I think That's she was. Possible. I think she was having hysteria. Yeah, as, hyster- as Dr. Trent said. Well, yeah. they. they the, I mean, the whole deal was the the doc and and the Vincent Price's wife are conspiring to drive this woman crazy. The plan is also kind of stupid. The plan is they drive this woman so crazy that she's going to go down to the basement and shoot the first person <laughs> yeah, she sees, yeah, yeah. and they're counting on it being Vincent Price. Yeah, that's and right. like that was the plan. Like, why not just shoot him yourself? Like, just, uh, you know. I you mean, know what? There were a lot of things that had to happen, and <laughs> yeah. it, in a perfect world, those that kind of stuff wouldn't happen. But it was. Um, that's what makes the movie so special. It, it right. actually held up, I thought. Oh, good. When it came That's out, good. when I watched it, I was I was really impressed with it. So you yeah. had seen it. Honestly. You had seen it before. No, as oh. in like I watched it for the first time this week and yep. thought this is a really good movie. Well, I I thought the biggest compliment you can yeah. give to it, I think, is it reminds me of so many movies that yes. that came after. After, it, that, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I happened yeah. to see them before. But um, yeah, it it set the stage for a lot of a lot of horror movies. And it's weird. There's no there's no gore in the movie. There's no um, 
it, it, it really is suspense. In fact, I, I was watching it thinking it's it's just as much of a whodunit, like an Agatha Christie whodunit, That's right. as it is a horror movie. It's kind of both. So I was just curious, between both of you watching it for the first time, did you have any idea that at the end of the film, the two guilty parties were going to be Annabelle and Dr. Trent? No. 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 <laughs> see, and that's a sign I, yeah. of a good movie. That's true. I didn't same, see it coming at same all. Same time yeah. I saw it, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking... Who is the one that is pulling these strings? And and again, I actually thought Annabelle was dead. So for the longest time, I was like, "So she's dead." Right. Uh, then it's gotta be it's gotta be Vincent Price's character. Right. And he becomes the good guy. Yeah, that's the- what you lead to believe because she she hangs herself, but uh, but it, it turns out um, she's using the crazy harness of some sort. That yeah. But yeah. the first thing you think is, well, she didn't hang herself. Somebody killed her. It turns out she's not dead anyway. Yeah. 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 yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed Friday night. I hope the uh, our podcast. I laughed. Listeners- I cried. I screamed. I stuffed my face with popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it's all about. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, if you did enjoy this program, please tell your friends. And if you didn't, let's just keep it our little secret until we meet again. <laughs> Good night. Sleep tight, and you should probably keep that nightlight on. Should watch those games.